Yeah. Should be good to go. Okay. Let me so, suck in my guts. I don't, you know, I don't scare these people you, so much. You, you know? look good, man. You yeah, look good. I think we're going to be using it. This is probably for just uh, optics. I think we're using the audio right here. If, okay. If you're watching uh, from wherever you're watching from, if you could let us know in a comment or something like that, the audio, you can hear us well. Uh, this is Strong Calm Podcast. My name is Aaron Dunn, and Strong Calm is all about calm, C-O-M. That is the root word that means together or in common. And I use that as a springboard to speak about three subjects that I am deeply passionate about and have um, um, a lot of experience in. That would be communication, whether online or off, community building, whether online or off, and company, how those two things relate to your business, uh, the company that you keep. Those three things. That's the three C's. And that's what we're going to be talking about with my especially strong guest, Uriah Johnson. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to see you, man. Yeah. It's good to see you. I, I'm, 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 I'm thrilled. I am too. I, I have a, a, a relative set of nervous excitement having this platform, but hey, you know, I'm excited too. Well, you're so. a platform builder. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so you should be used to it. You should be used to it. Hey, so even, even, even on my own stuff, you always have to, you always have to come in with at least a little, Thing you have to come in with a little tinge of nervousness, and then once you get rolling, it it, it becomes pretty easy. So yeah, it's healthy. Yeah. It's healthy to do that. Yeah. So um, as you can see in the Chiron below, we're going to be talking <coughs> about race in America. We're going to be talking about black people, white people. Okay. Uh, the NFL. Lit Two things that I am, by the way. <laughs> uh, lit Tyler, black-owned businesses in East Texas. Um, please share the stream. Please like uh, Lit Tyler on Facebook. Strong calm with Aaron Dunn as well. Uh, this is gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun. So <clears throat> to get into it, like I said, race in America is the national conversation. I, I mean, it's not a new conversation, but it is it is a, it is a once again a hot conversation. That exactly. We're having. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is a hot conversation. That's what I wanted to really talk to you about. Is the heat of the moment is at a ten for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess maybe for someone in, in, in especially maybe in, in you and I, our age range, especially for those of us who probably didn't live through the civil rights era and mm -hmm. and, and things like that. I, I would probably, you know, if I probably went and I talked to my father who just turned 78 last week, um, I, you know, he probably could tell me something. He may have a different opinion on that. Yeah. Um, but I know, especially for a lot of um, a lot of us who, who weren't alive during maybe this you know, the fifties and sixties and didn't have to grow up with, um, the Jim Crow South. Uh, yeah. It's about as, it's about as charged up as it's been in my lifetime. So yeah, certainly, definitely, definitely. And you know, when I graduated high school in 2008, we had elected uh, Barack Obama as president. And that was like a turning point. Yeah. I think in our nation that like, wow, we finally have, you know, leadership at the very, very top. You can't go any higher. That is, African American, mm -hmm. it, 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 like to me, I, I saw that in such an optimistic light as a kid. You know, I say a kid, but I was eighteen. Yeah. you know what I mean, young adult, just, just, just breaking, just you know, I, I was, I, I was just a, you know, I graduated in seven, so just breaking into the world, yeah, to, to kind of see that and have that, that optimism that um, uh, President Obama's uh, election had um, was was a turning point for a lot of people. So yeah, yeah, but now we're here. Yeah. And it, it's like, it's like it, it's like it didn't happen. You know, I, 
I feel really kind of weird about like things like this because you, there's that optimism that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, myself, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a student of history. I I have a, a bachelor's degree in history from UT Tyler. And looking back, I can think of when, uh, Barack Obama was elected president thinking, oh, wow, you know, like, here's a guy like me, you know, biracial, you know, half black, half white, mm-hmm. um, holding, like I said, that whole, that highest, um, that highest office in the land. Mm-hmm. But then I can also kind of think back when, you know, um, people burning him in effigy and people um, calling a monkey and, 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 mm-hmm. and even the demeaning things they would say about uh, Michelle Obama. Uh, about the first lady, about her being rather, you know, there's, there's this concept of, of strong black women um, who, you know, have all the the traits of femininity, but they always have to be kind of seen as being a man in a lot of ways. And a lot of the racism for that, you, you see that a lot with like a Serena Williams as well, Mm. is that you, you if you're, if you're strong and you're black and you're, you know, you're not dainty and you're, and you're a female, then you've always got to, you always hear the people talking about, well, she's a secretly, she's a man. Um, so that's the thing is that like, as, as wonderful it was, as a stepping stone for America. Um, I think a lot of people who, um, hadn't changed the tides and, and still felt the way they did about race, you know, they let, they let their feelings be known. Um, Mm -hmm. and I can, I can kind of go back and, and, and think of those things. So, um, going back to where we're at now in, in 2020, um, you're right. We, these conversations are happening back up again and, and people have been empowered on both sides to kind of speak out and speak their mind for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So. Yeah. I, I think you make some great, you, great observations there. And, and, you know, like to, to kind of touch in on that example you just brought up of like, for all the greatness that happens, there's always that vocal pushback that does have a root in racism yeah. and it's sad to see and it's all it seems as if it's always there is that do you feel like that that's unique to us in america um i mean as someone who maybe hasn't you know traveled the world around the yeah world, no i mean um from best best we can get I, I would say i would say america's brand of racism is probably a, a lot different than in other areas definitely um i mean i i know that um you know in in Italy, there's you know there's parts of the world that you know to be a, 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 of African descent is probably not the you know you probably want to avoid those areas. Like I've heard things about Italy. I've heard things about you know same things about you know like East Asian countries like South Korea, um, Japan, places like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean there is racism and there's colorism everywhere. Um, but I, yeah, I mean I think in, a, in America because you you don't have a um, <sighs> You know, we, we say that we're a nation of people, but we, we always kind of use the term nation. Nation is a, a shared nation does not necessarily mean like a geographic um, like state. You know, we're a state, the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, but we usually use the term nation. But nation is usually a lot of times an ethnic term that doesn't have like a cult. You know, a nation of people can be confined within a state and they can be, you know, confined among many different states. Um, but. So I, I think that's the uh, unique thing that we, it is unique in a lot of ways in America that just our experience with, with slavery yeah. and Jim Crow that, you know, a lot of countries maybe had, but maybe not necessarily to the same yeah. regard. Because, yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Do you think that 
um, like, do you think it's accurate? And th- these are just questions that come up to me, you know, and like, we're going to get fuller into the kind of agenda here in just a second. But one question that just pops up, in, you know, is like that 1619 project and things like that. Like, do you think um, like we're talking about America's unique place in the in the conversation about racism and how our unique history has made it different than any other place on the planet? And I think that's yeah. every 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 country has their story. Oh, totally, yeah. right? And their challenges and things like that. <laughs> Do you think that the that sixteen nineteen project and the idea that American uh, America was founded in slavery and kind of like preserving it and, and as 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 like America was built on on top of the backs of black people, right? So so, like, so like, do do you think that? Do you think that that's an accurate view? Like, do you think that, like, it should it should affect history books type thing? So I'm not. A, I'm, I'm. I'll be honest with you. I'm not like a hundred percent caught up on what the 1619. I'm not is. either, man. I don't have notes. Um, but if you were if you were asking, was America built on the blacks of? I mean, the backs of 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 black yeah. men and women. Um, yes, it was. But yeah. a, but ultimately, I don't think it's controversial. It's say. not a controversial thing to say. Um, what America was built for. Um, what America was built for was for rich white owning land owning men, mm-hmm. um, white land owning men, uh, not poor white men, not the white not the white female, not the native natives that were here, and um, for sure not the slaves that they brought over from Africa and the Caribbean, mm-hmm. Africa then in the Caribbean and then and then here. Mm-hmm. However, you know, however it was done. Um, so that that's that's first off it was it's institutionalized i don't necessarily like using the term systemic i think the term institution institutional racism i think is is a much more effective term because it is an institution in this country slavery is um so i think it, it's been ingrained because that's how the country was yeah it was began, set up for yeah, yeah it kind of back in, it kind of be, began that way but it also like we were taught in the history books mm-hmm. It was like a religious, like, you know what I mean? Like people were, were looking for religious freedom. Now, of course they came with like, like, you know, on a macro level, it's all of these things at the same yeah. time. You know what I mean? So like to say that it's based on, you know, built for white men, right? Like, because the, the, the idea of freedom for every, for all, was still being worked out yeah. because, you know, they're coming from keen. Yeah. Right. So like, as, as America progressed, we started to make these amendments yeah. and like, Oh shit, we got that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, so, so, and, and it's like kind of to fast forward to now a little bit, it's like a lot of these things were, were, were happening and, and we were progressing and evolving and understanding what this personal idea pr- pursuit of happiness right yeah. and 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 that dream that american dream i think that's the root of the american dream yeah um but it seems as if that process isn't happening fast enough do you would you agree with that like th- what do you think about that like just the fact that like i think that there's there's history that says we're making progress but there's also this attitude this mood that regardless of whatever progress seems to be made, it's not enough. And it's still, there's still layers of malintent. Yeah. So a couple things there, cause you, you know, there's a lot of things to unpack there. Um, I mean, if we look back historically, America is the, 
kind of the first example, the first kind of experiment in um, classical liberal thought. Mm. And I mean liberal in the sense of, you know, liberal, Liberty. what liberal, well, what li the word liberalism. Um, and that's what America is, is that it's found, it was founded on, it was found, it's, it was, it's a liberal society and not liberal in the case of that, you know, what we think as Americans as conservative or liberal right. or conservative progressive, those types of politics, the way that we use it in the country, right. but what, you know, liberalism was meant to, what like classical liberalism is. Yeah. And that is, you know, the, the, having everybody having that same, having a opportunity. You know, opportunity and having, you know, certain freedoms and rights and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, liberalism has brought good things because of that, that certain freedom. I think there's some, there's some not so good things that, that liberalism has, that a, that a classically liberal society has done. Um, especially if you're a person of like, uh, especially like in the church, mm -hmm. um, individual rampant individualism, things like that, that have kind of become a part of what we what we have in this country, mm -hmm. um, and and the people's mindset um, has, has kind of has and I think has hindered us a lot of times. And so, yes, have we made like you know have we made progress in the case of you know the fact that okay yeah you know for you know hundreds of years that you know we had slaves in this country and then you know we fought a war. To you know that essentially effectively ended slavery. Mm -hmm. You know, people still debate the reasons for the Civil War, but I mean, it's, it was pretty clear that slavery was first and foremost the main issue, right? Um, for states to be able to have slaves, um, it's, it wasn't you know it was states' rights, but it was states' rights to have slaves um, was the first and foremost thing. Yeah, um, and then of course we had a hundred years of Jim Crow, so. Um, so yes, I mean you could say that things are better than you know if I, like I'd mentioned my father, mm -hmm. um, you know if if you were to add you know he I was home for a little while this morning, and um, he I was at my parents' house for a little while this morning, and um, you know we were talking about my brother who's still in high school. He's mm -hmm. much younger than I am. Uh, he just turned sixteen. He's a junior at Bullard, and my father talking about how he didn't go to an integrated school ever, mm -hmm. um, and so. The funny thing is, is that when I hear people talk about race and they think that we live in this post-racist society, mm -hmm. um, that you know Martin Luther King fixed came along and fixed everything. Right. Or you can even and, say Obama, yeah. Or yeah, or you can even say, well, we, we you know, hey, we did what we were supposed to do. We elected Barack Obama, right? Um, but the fact that like those remnants of like of 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 Jim Crow are still there. You yeah. know, those It's like it's like there's cracks in the foundation. Well, those people are still around. You know, if you go with, right. you know, Ruby Bridges, who, you know, was, you know, people pelted her when she was a six-year-old little girl, um, when she, you know, when she broke uh, the the, uh, the school in, uh, gosh, it, was, it wasn't in Little Rock. I, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that all of a sudden. But Ruby Bridges just turned 66 years old, like three days ago. And so we think that, oh my gosh, it's such a long time ago, but she was 66 years old. Yeah. So a lot of those people. We still reach back. Well, yeah. A lot of those people, like, you know, like most of them are probably dead, but a lot of those people are, mm -hmm. there's, there's a sizable amount of people who are in those crowds, mm -hmm. whether it's Ruby Bridges or whether it's, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, you know, Little Rock Central or any of those people, when you see these people um, doing these horrible things, a lot of those people are still around. You take a photo in 1962 um, and there was a 20 year old person. That person's the same age as my dad. Right. You know, they have, they had kids and their right. kids had kids, you know? And so, you know, to, to, I would be, 
I would be I would be an idiot to think that every single one of those people have reformed their ideas right. um, over the last 50, 60 years. Yeah. That would be a foolish thing for me to think that way. You know, they, okay, yeah, maybe a few people here and there, but I hear it all the time from my white friends that, well, you know, like my, my father, you know, my mother, you know, they live in their bubble and they, you know, they still kind of say some things. That they, and the reason is, is just because those, those mindsets are still, <laughs> as like the light just like shut off. Yeah, I don't know. It, there's, there was enough movement. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Oh, it's motion sensitive. Yes, yeah, Tyler Innovation Pipeline, high tech. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I think you're. I think you're yeah. touching on uh, something very, very important. Is that like people still the memory and that context of yesteryear uh, are still there, and those those cracks in the foundation still exist yeah. in some in some way. And and with renewed context, <laughs> younger people, new generations, there's a a a a, a you can have a greater understanding of the problems and, and everything. Like it's so hard sometimes to fix the problem in the moment. Yeah. But when you can look back hindsight, 2020, it's where that comes from. Yeah. That adage of just like, Oh, shouldn't have done that. We got to fix something. And I think that's where we're, we're at here, you know, in, in today is yeah. just like, it's just another version yeah. of that. Um, yeah. So, uh, Let's let's move. Let, let, let's keep moving a little yeah. bit. Well, um, we can touch back on because that will all come up in, in, exactly, in other exactly. things. This yeah, is all. So. This is all. Yeah, exactly. It's all so, an encompassing conversation, so. right? So, um, strong calm, man. Strong calm. So let's 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 talk about let's talk about something kind of very relevant to to the now, right? Mm -hmm. Discussing NFL fans doing unity. We're just gonna we're just gonna call it that. So I've got it popped up as our discussion topic. So uh, NFL started on Thursday. Mm -hmm. I mean, thank the Lord we can finally watch some football again. Like that's great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I'll, 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 it actually still doesn't have that much of my attention because the NBA playoffs are going on right now. Right. And I and I will I will pick the NBA over the NFL and unless Buffalo is playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's a really the You're only. Hard. That's the only team in the NFL I really give two licks about. Yeah. I mean, other than a few players in, in here and that, but you know, basketball is going to be on. So I, sure. I'm really I was really focusing. I'm still kind of focusing on the NBA playoffs right now. Yeah. And um, but I'm, I was glad. I'm glad that it's back. I'm, I am glad that it's back because I do I do enjoy watching football in the nfl and and college football and everything like that so. yeah and it's so sports are so important to american culture oh yeah totally, you know? 100%. And, and and um that's kind of what i want to talk about it because you are so in tap with the culture of yeah. today like you're so on top of what's happening in the world right and I at least try to be yeah and so so um we don't have to be nfl super fans to realize like this um, cultural moment yeah. that happened on Thursday and will continue to happen as this new NFL, uh, you know, season kicks off. So what happened was, you know, the chiefs were playing the Texans and, you know, NFL has a lot of eyes on them for how they're approaching <laughs> the cultural moment of today and, and, and promoting, you know, uh, allowing for, free speech to exist on the field mm -hmm. and, and trying to strike a balance between let's play the game, but also allow that opportunity and showcase the awareness as an organization, yeah. right? That, that, that this is happening. Um, and, and I think that's important. There's commercials done. 
there was like, you know, ads done. I, you know, I don't expect you to, to, to read them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't, I can't even recall them exactly. Yeah, I mean, know, we've whatever. all seen them. But, but yeah, the promotions you know. of like unity and, and, and things like that. But to, to get to this like subject here, it's, it's a, the, 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 the controversy that happened, the trending topic that happened was the, there was audible booing when the teams like locked arms uh, as a moment of unity before the game started. Yeah. And there's, so, so the, the question becomes, the question is, um, were the, were the fans that were booing, were they racist or, and this is a polarizing type of dichotomy here. Fans, are they racist or were the fans that were booing just tired of all of the, the messaging of unity of uh, like, like you, you see what I'm saying? Like, like, like the, the drain, the heat that has yeah. been turned up that we were talking about, like, like, and on top of 2020 in general, I feel like a lot of people need a break. And I'm not saying this is my exact view, but I'm just saying that I can, I can, I could, I could imagine where I just want to watch some dang football. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. and, 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 and maybe they're just like, can we just, can we just play the game instead of watching this yeah. and, and do this thing? You see what I'm saying? So, so what, in your view, do you think the fans booing, or are they racist? Is it right to call them racist, or is it, or is it, or is it something else? So I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on what happened on Thursday first um, because I did actually I, I someone did present me with um, another perspective and actually did give me actual like live video from um, uh, from the stadium on Thursday and 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 here's the thing is that from at least from this person's perspective who was at the game. It was mostly cheering that was going on once they realized what was going on. Yeah. Um, but there was still – I would say there was, you know, the vast majority of it was cheering, um, but there was a lot of booing. Um, and, you know, a lot of people were like, well, you know what? It, you know, when they go, they say, Chiefs, and it sounds like booing. But, yeah, like, if they were locking arms, I don't know why you – with another team, I don't know why you'd be going, Chiefs. Um, so I don't, I don't really – that – dichotomy i don't really quite get that part of it um it's unfortunate that people were booing um, whether it was whether it was you know a hundred percent of the audience or 50 percent or even just like 10 people mm-hmm. um that's it's rather unfortunate that that happened um whether i can say that they're 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 racist or not. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, that, that's a, and, and it's not even me trying to like duck that question. It's just like, I don't, I get, maybe, well, it's a broad brush. You don't want to do that. Brush. Yeah. You don't want to do that. And, but, but for, unfortunately I feel like that's sometimes like the choice that the, the, the receiver of information, we're talking strong, calm communication, yeah. the receiver of the information of a training topic like that receives. Right. So yeah. in the American broader culture, it like, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, you scratch yourself or you get a sunburn and then somebody slaps it yeah. and you're like, ow, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, 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 like the, the, the information <laughs> that gets shared about it. It's like, look, see, yeah, you see what I'm saying? But like, I feel like that can be so problematic sometimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, to kind of go on like the, the second point mm-hmm. is that, you know, I get that people want to have an escape. Yeah. And I get that um, people may be tired of it and they think, and this is how I see it. And 
people can disagree with me. I can, I, I'm Yeah, we do have comment. a comment. Uh, Keith, yeah. Keith Barton, uh, I hope you're doing well, Keith. He says, the field is no place for politics. I watch or I watch football to watch the competition of moving a fall down the field. I did not watch it to see some overpaid thugs voice their political opinion. So, I, you know, I that that is the sentiment that I was getting. I think a lot of people feel that way. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it, it, that that can also be uh, viewed as rhetoric that is racist. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, I, I'm like, going to. I'm going to. And, and, and I like I met Keith. He's a good guy from from what I you know from from all experiences that I could tell. So it's like, but but you know that 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 word right, thugs comes up, I, and I, it's like yeah. that that word right has has been reported and and perceived as a subtle crack in the foundation and in that 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 context of the yesteryear, perhaps. You see, what I'm saying it can yeah. al it can always be read a certain way. So is I'm, that fair? I'm going to I'm going to comment on that. I don't know you, Keith. Um, so I'm not going to, um, come at you and ad hominem attack because I don't, I, I'm not going to do that on here. Right. Um, but that comment is, do you mind if I curse? No, that's, it's absolute bullshit. Um, that's, 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 that's absolute. Uh, I mean, we're all entitled to our opinions. Yeah. Um, but I think that's an absolute bullshit opinion. Um, and, and, and this is the reason why, and I get it. Like you want to watch football. You want to you want to have that entertainment factor, um, but just as you and I and you and everybody else who's watching this has their opinion, um, those football players have their right to their opinion as well. Mm -hmm. So we talk about free speech and we talk about how we live in America, but just because you make millions of dollars and just because you know a lot of these guys come from you know a, a lot of them come from nothing mm -hmm. and have been able to harness their God given talents. Um, to give themselves the platform to be able to do these things. So mm -hmm. you don't have to necessarily like it, but, but, but to call them a bunch of overpriced thugs, it, it, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really sad statement. And, 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 and I, you know, like I just, I've, I've got to just say that Keith, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you that straight up. That's a, that's a, that's an absolute, that's an unfortunate comment. Um, but Hey, um, I, I, I get it. You know, like you, you don't want, you don't want, you only think of them as, as entertainment and that's all that they are value to you. You yeah. don't, cause it's, it's obvious when a statement like that, yeah. that he doesn't, he doesn't place any other value into sure. um, those individuals that, you know, I mean, he, that's even like a guy, I don't know if Keith is here in Tyler. But, well, well, well yeah. like, so let me ask you this, like, as far as, so what is that? Do you feel like that? What is the appropriate balance between kind of a uh, ceremonial um, thing, you know, for for the field of play? Like, what what, what is the right balance to, to 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 recognize? And I think that everybody's trying to figure it out. Yeah, last season's very different than this season. Yeah, and and the NFL has actually, you know, they took a hard stance before. They did, yeah, and, and they, they said, and they've ah, kinda, and they've, yeah, they, and they realized, like, hey, you know, like, and and you could have people go, like, well, I'm not watching football anymore. Football's a joke, right? But the thing is, is that, you know, like ultimately like, okay, like, and a lot of times we, we live in a society where we're going to do the wrong thing because we're trying to get the money. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes doing the right thing is going to cost you, you know, like we can, you know, we can give a whole lot of examples. Saying the truth is going to turn a lot of people off. You know, right. a lot of people, you know, and I've had people tell me that before, like, you know, you're saying things and a lot of people are are not going to want to listen to you yeah. 
And it's like, well, that's, that's, that's fine. Like, I don't, those are people that I don't necessarily like need to have behind me anyway, or that I want to necessarily yeah. fool with more power to them. I hope nothing bad happens to them. Um, but like, yeah, uh, yeah. And well, it's, yeah. Like, it, it's like, it's like everybody, you know, everybody shares in the, it, we're, we're all in the same watering hole here. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So even if it's like the context of sports, it's kind of like giving everybody the opportunity, realizing that we have to, it's almost we have to institutionalize the voices uh, sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and like, but, you know, I see the point of like the, the, the field is no place for politics in terms of like, should, should sports be in, uh, it, to take a, a religious word, I'm not saying it in a, to, to make it a, a religious thing, but agnostic, like to, to say, should sports be agnostic? You know what I mean? Um, and not have that, that type of, well, I mean, ultimately, I mean, like once like the play is happening, then like, it's like, man, after kickoff, after kick, after kickoff, it's nothing. So like, okay. If you don't want to see it, like, you know, you know, check what time kickoff is and wait, you know, yeah. wait five, wait three yeah. minutes. No. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, you know that, you know, all right. All right. So, uh, Keith, thanks for commenting again. We're going to move. Uh, we're, we're going to keep on moving. I appreciate you, uh, joining the conversation today. Strong calm, my brother. Um, so, but we're going to, we're going to move into the second C, of the strong calm podcast. Yeah. So communication to, co- uh, community. And, you know, I didn't, uh, I haven't given you like a proper intro, I feel, uh, but I do want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself and like really what you've been doing. And, and this is really why I wanted to have you on because you're doing things. And that's what, that's what I'm so passionate about is when people, uh, with their God given talents or God given ability, they're they're and they, and, and, and they utilize their life experience to say, what more could I do with this and put that into action? You make goals, you take actions. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And you're giving, you're 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 of service to the community, uh, in in a really unique way. So, um, to to touch on that, you've been doing um, live Zoom chats mm-hmm. with your online network, with your network online uh, on Facebook. Um, talk about what they are, what the motivation was, and like just introduce them for for somebody who might just have never heard it before. Okay. Well, I'll, you want to introduce myself and then kind of what I've been doing, I guess, is make sure. Yeah, I got yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, for myself, um, I am a lifelong resident of this area, born here in Tyler. I grew up in Bullard, um, graduated from Bullard high school in 2007. Um, I then went on to Tyler junior college and graduated from there and, uh, UT Tyler. Um, and, and have a bachelor's degree in history. Currently, um, my like profession, as you can say, is that I am actually in insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I work for the Mel Hart Insurance Agency here in Tyler as a as a licensed sales producer in that. Um, and I've been doing that for a, a little over a year now. Um, before that, I you know I spent time in other sales roles like Sublink. I spent about five years there. Mm-hmm. So um, going to kind of just talking about like what I've been doing over the last. Well, we'll see here. We're in September, so the last three months or so mm-hmm. was um, the idea of the Zoom call. Um, What's it called? I, I just do it kind of just. I just call it a Zoom forum. Yeah, race. Yeah. I mean, it's it has no like a like a. That's the name I give it, but it's not any kind of like you know official thing. It's just it's just me doing it. Um, so I would say that what came how this came about was um, 
back in um, early, late May, early June after the killing of George Floyd and protests, you know, were happening all over and, and protests were happening here downtown. Um, I went to, I just happened to go to one one evening and I was really kind of taken aback by, you know, A, the amount of people who showed up because I guess growing up here in really? an area, I mean, I would say at least, you know, at least, uh, you know, 200 plus people were pretty, it was a pretty good amount. I mean, it was right, you know, kind yeah. of the, that first week they were doing them. So I, I would say there was at least, you know, at least, you know, more than a hundred, like maybe close to 200 people. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I could be off somewhere, but I'll, I'll just put it somewhere. Right, right, right. It wasn't a big, it wasn't uh, a small room. It wasn't, it wasn't a small room of people, you know, it wasn't just like, it wasn't just like five, 10 people, sure. you know, it was, it was more than, uh, it was more than a couple dozen people. Yeah. So, I mean. But you it, were surprised. Was, yeah, I was surprised by that. And I, and I was young, um, you know, uh, mostly younger people, black, white, um, Hispanic, um, which is kind of a microcosm of Tyler. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was really, um. I was really, I, I was kind of relieved to see something like that. Um, because one thing that I've always noticed is myself being a, a, um, a, a person of mixed race, being a biracial, my father being black, my mother being white, is that, and a lot of times when I'm here in Tyler, uh, well, I mean, I live here in Tyler, but a lot of times when I'm out and about, whether it's at Foundry or ETX or Truvine or any locations, you can kind of tell there's a very staunch um, dividing segregated line in Tyler still, even mm -hmm. among like, younger people who mm -hmm. you know tend to find themselves be more progressive minded um that you can go to i can go to a certain place on any given day and be at a group of people and like you know there could be like a hundred people there and i'm still like there may be like one other black person mm -hmm. um even though tyler is like 20 percent black yeah um so it's it you kind of don't realize like it's still segregated as what tyler is so it was really it was really kind of nice to see that um, but the one thing that I kind of got from it is that I am not, I am not a protester. Um, that is not my, um, my most effective way in order to be, uh, to, to get my voice out. Mm -hmm. Um, I it just, it, it was hard for me to kind of get into it. And that's probably because my father raised my sisters and I, and my brother, just to kind of be, um, kind of kind of stay out of like a mob mentality mm. kind of stick you know like make sure that you don't kind of get in with the group mm -hmm. and kind of get in and involved in all that stuff and so i think that's just like that subliminally like that yeah that him kind of doing that was what kind of hit me whereas i was there but i got i just i couldn't yeah i just couldn't get into that that you sure. know that, that that style of expressing myself i'm all for it I'm, I, you know, I think it's important that people do that. Yeah. Um, but it's not for Uriah Johnson. It was not the most effective way of doing that. Right. So I thought to myself, you know, uh, in the coming days, I said, you know, well, what's a way I could get people together and just have a conversation in the time in, in this Corona season. And, you know, I, I like probably many other people, I had a zoom account that I had set up my family, We'd been doing um, Zoom calls for the last few months just to kind of yeah. keep in, you know, keep in touch with each other during this time when people were a little bit more locked down and not going out as much. So I just put out a call on Facebook on my on my Facebook page and said, "Hey, um, let's have a conversation." Yeah. Um, so I invited, you know, all, uh, as many people as I, you know, people I thought that sure. would be interested in it, and and got pretty good, you know, you know seven, eight people, you know, showed up and yeah, it's, you, you've had consistent, yeah, consistent, you know, a few days here and there, you know, a few weeks here and there, we, you know, I, 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 nobody showed up and we, we, 
you know, we went on and just did it the next week, but I've been pretty consistently, you know, eight to 10, you know, 12 yeah. people, you know, varying, you know, weekly. And because kind of what I realized was that, you know, um, the conversations that the, there was a with George Floyd, because what happened to George Floyd is nothing new. But what, what happened with George Floyd seemed to awaken and invigorate a lot of people who maybe weren't a part of the conversation before, mm -hmm. the, you know, before May, uh, before June. Mm -hmm. um, and they wanted to I, 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 I could sense there was people who wanted to be able to engage in this and, and, and have a conversation. And so what I just decided was I'm going to do that. We're going to have a, we're going to, I'm going to talk about maybe my experiences growing up here in East Texas. Right. So, so um, what are, what, what are some of the, what, what are some of the things that you, were, were there any new illuminations or anything that you've learned through the experience of kind of working through this and discussing with people? <laughs> Futuristic lights over here. There we go. So fun. Uh, say the question again. I'm sorry. Uh, so, and, and not to cut you off, but I, I, I'm, I'm really curious about like what, like new learnings or like what, what has come out of those discussions for you personally, as you've been engaging with your network uh, about these topics uh, on a more regular basis? Um, I, you know, I, I think there's, there's a lot of people who I've, I've seen the light kind of come on in, 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 a, in a handful of people mm -hmm. and maybe that light was already there, but maybe I just didn't notice it myself. Yeah. Um. So I think there's, there's, there's people I have, I have a good, there's a, there's a core group of people who have been like regulars throughout this process and the, what, how I've seen them be able to delve deep and go in the, and, and really expose themselves to a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. And, and so that was kind of the one thing. Um, I also wanted to be able to introduce people to uh, black thinkers and black thought that, they had never heard of. Yeah. Um, that because, you know, if you go through the, I don't know where you went to school, but um, if you went to school, you know, public school system and probably even worse, if you were in the private school system or the, or the, or the homeschooled system yeah. is that, you know, when you talk about civil rights in this country, um, it's Rosa Parks sat on the back of the bus because she was tired. Yeah. And then there was a bunch of stuff and then MLK came along. Uh -huh. Frederick, and, Frederick and, Douglass. You know, yeah. You may hear some people talk about Frederick Douglass, maybe hear Booker T. Washington. Yeah. You maybe ask somebody who Malcolm X was and yeah. they may be able to like, you know, kind of give you like a, a half-assed description. Right. Um, but beyond that, there's like, who are some of those people that that inspire you that, they, that you like to introduce? So, to? so I've 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 done a, a broad group of people on there. So I have, um, you know, YouTube is such a wonderful resource mm -hmm. um, and really easy to kind of do it on the fly. Yeah. Um. So I've I've introduced people to um. So like about two weeks ago when we did it, I had an interview with from Dick Gregory. Mm -hmm. uh, that was probably actually one of the more recent ones. I mean, he died three years ago, so probably like a year or two before he died. So probably like. 2015, 2016. Um, I did, uh, I've done one with James, uh, I did part of the James Baldwin at William F. Buckley debate. That was back in the early 60s at Oxford. That's a really famous debate about the issue of race in America. Um, one of the, um, I think the first one I did was a forum back in the late 80s um, where it had um, Huey P. Newton um, about a year or so before he was murdered, um, along with um, um, Ishmael Reed, who was a, um, um, a professor at Cal Berkeley, I believe, and and uh, Kwanzaa Kanjufu, who was a um, an educator, you know, a black educator, um, kind of Pan African, not really Pan African, but a, a, you know, educator here in the country, 
have been around for a long time and them having like a round table discussion about the image of black men in this country. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, is that you, a lot of what they, and really the reason why I show a lot of videos from, you know, 30, 40, 50 plus years ago is I wanted to make people really aware of the fact that this conversation that we're having now is the same exact conversation they were having then. Mm -hmm. um, like the fact that I think on the second week I had a, I showed him a clip from the Dick Cavett show where it was uh, Jim Brown, you know, legendary football player, arguably maybe one of, maybe the greatest athlete ever, one of the greatest athletes ever um, with uh, Lex Lester Maddox, who was uh, the former governor of Georgia, um, who was a staunch segregationist. And when Jim Brown is talking about, well, you know, we need to, you know, better the lives of black people. The governor looked at him and said, well, what about all people? Why mm. are you only worried about black people? Well, what wow. about white people? What about, you know, when, and, when did, when was it? Oh, this was like in 1969. Yeah. 19, like late sixties, maybe, maybe 1970. Okay. 70s on the Dick Cavett show. And he did. He was like, well, what, why are, why are you only concerned about black people? What, mm -hmm. what about white people? We know that argument now is all lives matter. Um, but that was, that was the exact same thing. It was just, it, you know, and I was like, here, these, these people are not had the, the people you, that you hear say this, this is not a new train of thought for anybody. Um, this didn't just happen with the Black Lives Matter movement that is, you know, that's taken over over the last few years. This has been an ongoing, pervasive mm -hmm. conversation that Black America has been trying to have with people mm -hmm. for decades. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I'm sorry, for really over even even before the end of slavery, you know, 200 years plus, mm -hmm. um, you can really go back and, and see this conversation. And finally, people are starting to get it. I guess better late than never mm -hmm. um, is, 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 is a good term, but um, that was really one of the things I wanted to be able to show people and just kind of, Hey, this is the first thing that you guys need to know is that you're not coming in on a new conversation. Yeah. These aren't, this isn't anything new that, yeah. that we're so, talking about here. So, so as the conversation continues that conversation, right. And it's, it's almost, you know, as history is known to repeat itself, not go away. Right. Yeah, yeah, because it is not even repeating itself. It's just it's never we've mm -hmm. the, it, we're still answer we're still so, asking these questions because we haven't we haven't answered them. We what, came up with the solution. So Uriah, the magic question: What is the answer? Man, if I had that, yeah. I would be in a whole lot better situation. Than, I know you wouldn't be on the strong. I would podcast. not. I would not You'd be somewhere be, else. <laughs> I would be. I would be in a much better. I would be in a much better. Yeah. Not that this is a bad place, but I would be. I know what you mean. I'd be. I'd have a much bigger. I'd be in a much much bigger and better than what I am now. Yeah, but but um, in your heart of hearts, in your in your in the back of your mind, like what are those movements that need to be? So like conversation can only go so far. So we got to take it to action. So like, what are those actions? So I think first and foremost, and I'll, I'll I guess if when you ask me when you ask me what I I've gotten from people, and it was really actually just um, the day before yesterday that I had my call, and and one of one of my regulars, good friend of mine, Danny, she mentioned at the end, she said. You know, I, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on, but mm -hmm. I really look forward to this. Mm -hmm. And I consider those of you that come on here, you've become my friends. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've looked forward to having these conversations and, and talking about these things with people. So first and foremost, I guess if you wanted to say what part one of a solution is, is building is like you said, strong calm community. Um, is is conversations happen first, but you have to build trust mm. and you, you have to build relationships and you have to build trust. Mm. And 
when you don't have either one of those and you just get on Facebook and you say, I'm not a racist, but, um, and you're not actually willing to like, you know, sit down and have a conversation with, um, not just a black person who agrees with you, but somebody who, you know, doesn't agree with you and, 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 and who lives in the same community as you and, and thinks differently than you. And that's not just whether it's black, white, Hispanic, that's anybody. You have to build trust and you, and, and in order to have a relationship. So that's the first thing I really believe is that you have to build, if we're going to get anything done, is we have to build relationships with each other mm -hmm. and you're going to in people that you probably would normally never come across in your bubble. You're going to have to expand your horizons mm -hmm. and you're going to have, if, if you really want to, if you really want to see something yeah. done, I mean, yeah. just getting on Facebook and reach getting on Twitter and, and complaining about it and getting in, in social media arguments with people isn't going to do a damn thing. Um, so that's part, and that's part of the reason why I like, I did decided to do zoom because we could do it where, yes, it's on social media and I stream it to social media, but it is just as a real conversation as you and I are having here. Yeah. Um, I allow that to have a real conversation just so we can have it here, even though we're not physically in the same place. The goal is, is that sometime when it maybe is a little bit more responsible to do it, which yeah, I could probably get away with doing it now, but I'm probably still not 100% comfortable doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, having people come together and, and, and fellowshipping together that's really going to be the first thing because from there if you if you build trust and you build relationships then you can then you can figure out what a particular issue is that you're working on excuse me particular issue that you're working on and work for the betterment of that so whether it's um changing the names of the high schools mm -hmm. in tyler which honestly was literally the easiest thing they could have done and i and a, even though it should have, it, it needed to be done. Yeah. Um, was a was literally the easiest thing for them to do, um, and the one that really. Do you feel like that's progress? Like in yes, it is. But once again, it's not like it was the easiest thing for them to do. Yeah. It's literally as a community, it was the easiest thing for us to do. Right. So, like, then the question is: Is this? Is that? And I've asked this question to people. Um, well, where do, what do we do now? Yeah. Where are we, so you had this large swath of people who rallied behind a cause, which was right and put, used their political capital to apply pressure to the school, school board mm -hmm. to change the names of the schools, even though it was the easiest thing for them to do. And it is largely ceremonial. Um, but now let's use that political capital to figure out the next issue that's wrong with our community and tackle that. Yeah. Um, so that, that's really, um, so yes, it's progress because like this, the reason why the school was named Robert E. Lee high school was, yeah, was, was racist as hell and was a big middle finger to the civil rights movement uh, at the time. Like mm. there's no, there's no reason why sure. Robert E. Lee has no, it, it's, it conjures up an image of the Confederacy and of white supremacy. There's no other, there's, you can't say anything else other than mm. that. It, it, there isn't, I mean, you can say history, it is history, yeah. um, but it's not necessarily something that you want to like tote, yeah. you know? So that, I'm going to move on from that subject yeah. just because in the interest of time. Yeah. And, yeah. And I yeah, didn't want so, to really, I just, that yeah, was just no, my I two know, cents on that. Yeah. All right. So, so, so 
to talk about action moving like what do we do now right yeah you were taking action on okay well what, what can i do now yeah. you know you're what what again what i love is when people start to start to build build out their visions for others to see what i don't like is when somebody says stay tuned and you never see them again you yeah. see what i'm saying I always uh, highlight that. Like I always try to encourage people to stop saying stay tuned because that means you're delaying it and you're, you're not giving it to me now. And too many people like to build anticipation, rely on building anticipation and never deliver. Yeah. But you're delivering. I'm, I'm at least trying to. That's why you're here. Yes. So let's talk about your new project. Uh, I'm calling it a project because I don't know exactly what else to call it. So I'm gonna it is lit. Yeah, no, lit, it's so, so, lit Tyler Collective. So yeah, that's yeah. A, that's exactly what it. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, so yeah. you moved into action, and and we're still under the communication bubble here. Uh, before we get into to company, um, lit Tyler, <laughs> what is it? Why? Where is it going? What's the vision for lit Tyler? So going well because it's a continuum of of the Zoom call. Yeah. So a few months ago, I was reached out to by the Tyler paper. Um, ben Fenton reached out Congratulations. to me. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And um, reached out to me and we did a story, um, did an interview. Um, Miss um, Sarah Miller, who's one of my dear friends, came and, and you know, sh took some photographs of me at my apartment while I was hosting the Zoom yeah. call. Um, and the next thing I knew, I was on the front page of the paper. Um, I didn't realize I was going to be on the front page of the paper. I just looked up and it was like a Saturday morning. People were like, oh, you're on the front page of the paper. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So um, from that, I, I, you know, I had several people reach out to me on that. And then I'm wanting to be like, hey, we want to, we saw what you were doing. We want to, you know, like, hey, what can we do to help? What can we do to be a part of this? And so um, just one afternoon after work, I had, um, I was over at my, my sister Fedra's house. And, you know, she said, well, what can we do to, um, mm -hmm. what can we do to engage, you know, to build something, build momentum off this and, and be able to promote people, you know, people of color within our community. I said, well, you know, that sounds like a really good idea. That's something that I've, I've, I've been interested in. I, I really enjoy, um, you know, supporting local business not just, you know, white owned, you know, white owned business, black owned business, Hispanic owned business, Asian owned business. I'm really big about supporting local business, supporting local creatives. And I said, well, you know, let's find an avenue for those creatives, those entrepreneurs, those thinkers um, who are particularly people of color in this community. And let's figure out a way we can give them a platform to be able to promote themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, myself, my sister Fedra, uh, the next person I thought, okay, you know, who do I want to be a part of this uh, was my good friend, uh, Daryl Phillips, known as D Feel Good. I always call him by his government name, but his first name by Daryl, but he goes by D Phil. Uh -huh. But, you know, and I reached out to him and I said, hey, man, this is what we're trying to do. And he's like, I was like, you're the first person I want on board. Are you with me? Are you, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the three of us got together and we said, okay, well, hey, let's, let's figure out what we can do. You know, let's, let's. Let's have a series of, of videos, interviews, conversations where we reach out to local business or we reach out to local artists or local musicians, um, thinkers, whatever. And just they tell us about what they're doing. And so, you know, I can use my platform and tell people because what I figured was that, hey, there's a lot of, you know, especially like since like the George Floyd thing was that I found a lot of like my white friends we're like, I want to be able to, where's, where are these like black owned and minority owned businesses in Tyler? 
I want to be able to put my dollars and support these people. Mm -hmm. um, so I said, well, hey, you know what? We need to figure out a way to be able to do that and give give these individuals maybe a platform that maybe they and 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 put them in a market where maybe they normally wouldn't be. You know, they would make it accessible to everybody. So that's what we started. Um, we're just now getting it kind of off the ground. I just like finally just got like my first you know interview like uploaded yesterday. Um, where I talked with Julie Gobble, who's running. Because other thing we figured out was that it's also important to talk like local politics, um, whether you're you know white, black, whoever you know. Um, and so you know, sat down and, and had a nice little about forty minute interview with Julie Gobble, talking about what um, her plans for the community and why it's important to be involved in and uh, the local issues and what are some issues that this community, this area is particularly having mm -hmm. that aren't being addressed mm -hmm. um and there's a lot that aren't being addressed in, the, in this community and um on the state level because of our state representation but um that's really what we're looking to do is we want to be able to just to give a platform for um those those individuals who want to build community and, and have their thing and and have a forum where we can we can have open and honest discussions and conversations. Yeah, highlighting that that, yeah. that community. Similar that's to this. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a beautiful thing for sure. So, uh, what does Lit Tyler stand for? Uh, like, what is the Lit and Lit Tyler? Uh, you know, my sister came up with some acronym, and I'll be honest with you, I completely forgot what it, <laughs> what it is. I think really when we were just talking, like Daryl was just we were talking about like making Tyler Lit. You know, just yeah. being cool, being awesome, just you know, kind of sparking up an interest in it. And so I was like, well, like. I, okay like making tyler lit and so i was like okay well like lit tyler like that's a that's a that's a quick easy little hit yep. name that we can do we're just hey lit tyler yeah check us out lit tyler um and then i said collective because you know it is a co collaborative collective effort of of individuals you know so it's it's myself and and we have other people and i've been able to get some other minds in, involved in it um to think about it and, and collaborate on it so that that's why um, the name Lit Tyler Collective really kind of started was just, you know, we want to make Tyler lit. Yeah. And so like, I hey, love it. Lit Tyler. Let's just, let's just do it. So I love it. I, I, I think you'd, you'd have to go back and ask my sister what her acronym was for it. I, but yeah, I, I had already had the name Lit Tyler set before she had set that. So I, I couldn't remember what she said. It yeah. Was about. <laughs> well, acronym, I'm a sucker for an acronym. Yeah. I love acronyms. Strong comment. Yeah. That's what it's about. So, um, to wrap up in this like last five minutes, we're going to bring it to company, the last C, yeah. uh, strong comm communication community company. And we're coming kind of full circle and really highlighting exactly what lit Tyler wants to do. Black owned businesses. That's what I wanted to talk to you about yeah. with, within the context of that third C company. So talk about some of these black owned businesses that you want to spotlight, that you want to highlight, that you want to get lit. Uh, yeah, in, in our in our East Texas, you know, community. one of my favorite places that I've been able to, uh, you know, unfortunately with you know COVID, I haven't been able to go over there as much. Um, but like Uncle Jack's Kitchen, if yeah. you haven't had it, is really fantastic. I haven't made it over there. Um, it's, I, like I, I drool over his Instagram. Yes, yes, the Instagram page is is lit. It's lit, <laughs> and, and, I, and I've, I've 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 reached out to him before on that, but I haven't just had the opportunity to go over there and discuss it with him. Um, yeah, so there's there's that. I have. Um, I know Daryl is supposed to be reaching out to uh, Ellis Soulful Catering, and so like I'm I'm dropping these names. So if these people like are hearing it, these are people that I like wish to talk to. Yeah. Um. So if you know, but Ellis Soulful Catering and Kitchen, uh, we've been trying to reach out to to them because I you know I'm not a vegan, but 
I think, you know, there's a lot of people who are really into that and would really support that in the community. Definitely. Um, if they were more made more aware of, of what she's doing in that regard. Uh, because, you know, there's a lot of places that don't have a lot of, you know, that's a, that's a growing trend and, mm-hmm. and dietary um, things in this community. And I think that's, there's a need for it. So yeah. um, why not go that route? Um, uh, one of my favorite places, even though I don't think they've been open for COVID is actually in Troop and that's Rand Wade's East Texas barbecue. Um, that's one of my favorite bar. As much as I love Stanley's, um, Rain Wade's East Texas Barbecue is one of my favorite spots. And there's a few other joints that have kind of opened up that have got. So it's really any kind of, of black owned business, um, black entrepreneurs, whether they're, you know, they have a store. Um, I, I mean, anything that, you know, nothing's coming to mind right now. Yeah. Is, some, um, is some to eat still open? Some to eat is still open. Yes. That's another good one that, that you know, we, we want to make contact with and promote that. I think that's a, that one's a little bit more well-known ones. Um, it's just hard for me to get in hold of those, you know, to get over there because it's, I'd work on the complete opposite side of town and they're only open for a very short window right? Um, to go over there. Cause sometimes it's just easier to reach out to these people in person. Um, uh, what's another one? I really only not, not even just like black owned business, but I mean, I, I want to talk to people in the Hispanic community and I, and I've been reaching out to people yeah. um, that I have that, <laughs> you know, uh, shout out to, uh, shout out to Ruby's, uh, Ruby's tacos. Yeah, we were actually going to have uh, Nick Pacino and I were going to do a live interview last week there. Um, I had her food like about a month or two when she was still like running out of her front yard. Mm-hmm. Um, how quickly it went from like two months ago, it was like in her front yard. And then boom, like six weeks later, she had like a restaurant open. That is that is mind boggling. We were going to do the interview there. Strong calm. We, we were going to do the interview there, but it was so Pat. many... Yeah, and I mean they weren't even like doing in you know it was all to go, but it was so many people in there. It would have yeah. been it would have been awful to try to do a live interview there, only to come here and do it and the sound not get recorded. So, uh, yeah. so I mentioned to you before before we went on the air, um, but I mean there's so many. I mean artists, musicians, yeah, and, and you know yeah. I don't expect you to have the encyclopedia yeah. yet, but I, I will say this: I'll drop one name that I, I have already like set for an interview next week. Um, and that's, I don't, do you know who Michael McClendon is? I think so. So Michael's, I, you know, Michael was one of those guys who reached out to me after my, um, my interview with the paper and, uh, Mike is an awesome guy. He was a, um, a, a, a pre-med student. He wanted to be a doctor and he, while he was attending UT Tyler and took an internship at, at Kippersall and has like, from that has like is become one of like in, in his world of wine has become like an up and coming star and has been like the face of like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wine in this area, uh, the style of wine in this area. So I got my interview with him booked just yesterday. We're going awesome. to meet up with him next week and get that, that done. So, cause I think he just had um, him and a partner of his just have a winery. I think they're op- a crush winery that they're opening up in Nacogdoches. And so, yeah, that's the thing I, I you know, I'm, I'm keeping it. I don't, I don't want to say like it's just Tyler. I want to, you know, like I say that we kind of say the greater Tyler area, but you know, if I've got somebody who's watching this and like, if I've got somebody in Longview that I need to promote or Nacogdoches or, you know, in this greater area that I think, you know, is, is worthwhile and would be awesome person to talk to. I want to be able to support those businesses as well for those, for those individuals and, and grow it to a kind of a a regional thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's beautiful, man. I, I, I really love it and champion it. I think uh, it's going to be a great thing. I, I'm excited to see it progress yeah. and, and grow and evolve. Uh, I think it's going to be really awesome. 
Um, man, I really appreciate you being on the, on the show today. I, I don't think I've got anything else. Um, I just wanted to flow some energy to you yeah. and applaud you for the work that Thank you're doing. You. Um, I think you're a, you're a great guy and you've got great intentions. And yeah. I think that, uh, you know, sky's the limit yeah, in, in, in terms of possibility, you know, um, because like you said, like we, we, we've, we've got to build those relationships, build trust. And there's no better way to do that than to just start becoming more aware mm-hmm. and more intentional yeah. about how we connect yeah. with each other. And that's what it's all about. I mean, that, that's, that's totally what it's all. It, it I mean, you're not going to be able to get anything done if you don't have, if you don't have trust, if you don't have relationships and you're not going to have those relationships if you don't go out and you don't build trust with people. So I think that's when I've been able to actually like hold these conversations is because I've taken the time that people trust me and people know that like, if I'm saying something, I'm not just saying it to be trendy. I'm not saying it to just blow smoke up your tailpipe I'm saying it because like, I, I honestly think it's worthwhile to be said. And I, and I try to, and it, and it, and it cover it. It has, it carries weight when it's said. So I, I don't want to just be that person who's just like you said, I'm, I don't want to just be like, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do, but then not bring you and offer you any kind of solutions. So, um, I'm going to give a plug just, you know, you can look us up on um, uh, Facebook is lit Tyler collective. Um, Instagram is at lit Tyler collective. Um, And then I'm also on YouTube um, Lit Tyler collective. You can subscribe to the channel as well. Um, Hopefully we'll have some more content coming out here soon. Uh, We're going to try to hopefully get some, get some stuff down. We've got a couple interviews over that in the next week or so that we got, so we can have some stuff in the pipeline for you all. So amazing, man. Amazing. All right. Uh, thank you so much for watching, for listening to the strong calm podcast today. Be sure to connect with my friend, uh, Uriah. I'm sure he'd be more than happy to provide you a good quote on insurance. Oh, but, most definitely. But also I, I really more than anything. That's really <laughs> that like that first and foremost, cause I'm not gonna be able to do any of this. So that's not the case. Yeah. So. Like share, subscribe, but also yeah. uh, you need better insurance. So yeah, totally. <laughs> we'll sit down uh, and we can, well, I'll, I'll take care of all your needs. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks again. Like share, subscribe. Uh, and stay tuned for next week. I've got a great guest, uh, lined up. If all goes to plan, I'm going to talk about Gemini. We're going to talk to Gemini next week. Uh, who's been doing a lot of the graffiti around town. Oh, awesome. I and mean, I am a Gemini, so that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Double, double whammy. There. Double so, whammy. uh, stay tuned for that. You, and, and I say stay tuned because I'm a deliverer. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, all right. Bring it to the people. Exactly. Strong Com podcast. Don't forget it. We will see you next time.